welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today we're with Raquel Pinto, who's a parenting coach from Happy Parents. She is an expert in how to have happier parents and happier children. How are you today, Raquel? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me over uh, your podcast, Rich. It's such a pleasure. You know, I met Raquel virtually, like I meet so many people today, and you are based in Ireland, yeah? Yes, I am. I'm based in Dublin at the moment. I'm Portuguese living in Dublin. (laughs) Yes. Of course, you can work anywhere. So that's what's so cool about the world today is is, uh, thanks to the internet and all the different apps that we have. I'm not going to push any particular one, you know, we can connect to people and help them. And so the first question I ask everybody is, how did your heart lead you to do the work that you do? Okay, so that's an interesting question. Thank you so much. So basically, it's, um, it happened to me, I will say, but I have my eldest son, he's 12 now, and I, as any or so many parents, I've struggled so much with my first child. So um, either because I wanted to be perfect, I wanted uh, his uh, bringing up to be perfect. I wanted uh, to give him the best. So we all want to give our children the best. And basically on this, in all these things, I got into motherhood, um, believing that I knew it all because I have read, because so many people have taught me so much about it. Mm -hmm. And then nothing was as I was expecting to. So (laughs) um, for me, it was, I guess it was when all started or as it all started. And along the way, I began understanding that my son had a particular personality that didn't fit into any of the book's descriptions or any of uh, the things that I was reading uh, advices. So I didn't know much where should I go to or what would be the correct path to go to. And um, of course, as with any other child, lots of trial and error um, and lots of things. And until I basically understood that um, no one was actually helping me in uh, understanding my child and knowing exactly how to deal with him. He didn't have any kind of medical condition, uh, no ADHD nor any other kind of thing. So no one was actually helping me or guiding me through this journey. And after so many trial and errors, I'm a certified coach. I did this certification due to my work. And um, through all my personal endeavors within uh, personal development, I came across a specific training of child and parenting coaching. And I thought, why not? This might help me understanding my child and becoming a better parent myself. So basically that's how I got into the parenting coaching side of coaching. Um, That until then I did not even knew that was a thing and that actually existed. And I did a training for my own um, development as a mother. And I soon understood that it was a super powerful one that was giving me so many tools that I could uh, actually use with my son or that was so, were so, so effective with being used with children. And I was basically blown away of all these effects and I, 
in a really short time, I began sorting the issues that I was having for years and years and years with my son. And basically, I saw that there was there was hope and there was a way of dealing with parenthood mm, yeah. in a more, I would say, um, harmonious way, <laughs> because each each day before arriving home, I was already stressed, not only because of my day, but because I was arriving home and it would be like, I don't know what, <laughs> what kind of thing today. Yeah. Exactly. What will, what will be the thing today? So what will happen today? And it was like, stress piling up my family uh was completely out of balance um it was um so it was a bit of a of a struggle uh to have our family having i will call it a normal uh meal together or something um like a, a normal i don't know activity family activity together it was everything was a struggle and when beginning to put this tools and the things that I was learning in place, I began understanding that there was a way, there was light at the end of the tunnel, there was a way of having um, a happy family, of being a happy parent and being happy with parenthood. Yeah. So basically that's what, why and how I got into this parenting coaching. Yeah, yeah. One of the big discoveries for me as someone who helps couples to have a healthier relationship so that children are better cared for it's like related to what you do, but not quite, not the same. But one of the big discoveries, and you know, you would think I would know this, is there's a big difference between couples. It's actually, this the distinction is more important than getting married. A big difference between have those who have had children and those who have not. You know, there is that when you have a child together, it cements the relationship and pressures it also in a way that's so different and so much more intense than the actual act of getting married. So yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, it, it, uh, having a child brought on a lot of tension. And, you know, I think that the reaction of most parents is they either, they try and they try and just make it work or they read a lot. Um, and yep. the, the problem with reading a lot is that children don't come out of a cookie cutter. <laughs> Each one is unique and special. You know, each exactly. one is a, a unique combination of genetics, um, emo, you know, emotional history in the in the families, uh, the yeah. culture they grow up in, the family they grow up in. You know, all of that makes them unique, a unique combination of skills and talents and abilities. You know, each child is unique. So even though all these books are helpful, you know, they can't tell you exactly what to do. And so I exactly. love that in your journey, you know, you found the background that you needed to really show up for your son as an individual, as a member of your family, as a future member of society. That's so cool. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what we're going to talk about today is how do we show up for our children in a way that really supports them to be all of who they can be? And, you know, there's this tension between we're all supposed to fit in and be part of the wider society. And at the same time, we're, you know, magnificent, unique creations with incredible potential. It's true. And uh, I guess the main challenge of nowadays is exactly that. How do we keep our individuality uh, doing and acting as everybody else expects us to? So and it's a, a great challenge for any adult. Uh, but I would say that children are also in this loop 
and uh, many, many times, I would say probably never, we never think of them as being part of this um, society or of these all uh, um, expectations that everyone has around them without allowing them to be themselves and to be and to act as individuals and uh, we can I totally so it's not that I'm uh, like any kind of um, fundamentalist with this but in school they are expected to have a certain behavior and everyone has to fit in in that behavior um, and if they do not they are automatically labeled as something so and how do they deal with this how do the families deal with this how do you explain them that it's okay to be different yeah. and to be themselves? So it's uh, it's I a lot. I can tell of you how many there. conversations I've had with parents whose children are labeled in some way that goes like this, where I explain to them the school system is designed for the medium, because that's yeah. where most of the kids most of the kids the medium they want to they want to help the most kids they can with the simplest system. And the problem is that your child is outside of the medium. That's a good thing, though. Like it means your child is exceptional in some way. Like if your child has special developmental needs, skills, and abilities that don't fit into the medium. Do you want your child to be a medium? No. Everybody yeah. wants their child to be exceptional. You know, and then the light bulb goes off, and they go, "Oh, the problem isn't my child. The problem is the system." <laughs> exactly. But this, I guess the challenge here is how to deal with this or how to balance this. Yeah, you so, still have to, you still, you're still, exactly. so like, what's your choice? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to go move to the woods and get off the grid and homeschool <laughs> my child. But most people aren't equipped for that, nor do they desire that. So yeah, that, that is a great question. So how do we balance out the developmental needs of our children so that they can really blossom and grow? And let's face it, the other part is, if you blossom and grow, what really is fulfilling, because we're social animals, is how your blossoming and growing benefits the wider society. So it's not, you know, it's not that the system is against our children. It's how do we, it's figuring out how to integrate them. Exactly, how to integrate and even navigate the system, I would say. And um, so, Rich, the other day when we were speaking, uh, we were speaking about our own journeys in the coaching and personal development field. And as coaches, we are aware that our, there were loads of things during all our lives that shaped us into the adults that we become. And um, we got into the personal development field to improve something in us that in, with which we were not as happy as we believe that we could or whatever. And I guess this brings us some awareness of things that happened behind that could have ma been managed differently. And this doesn't mean that we all will still making mistakes during our journeys and doing things in a less correct way, but we have a different awareness of small things that can be done probably while raising a child, avoiding that child like to suffer with this difference in school or how to deal with um, improper comments from any colleagues or uh, friends or this kind of thing. So how to deal with this in a positive way rather <laughs> than a negative way or in a traumatic way, let's say. Mm -hmm. So how not to um, give our children uh, limiting beliefs 
that will not allow them to stagnate in their lives or in any way, just due to this need to fit in. So I guess this is a very interesting topic. And in small things, I don't know, the typical ones are probably around money. Yeah. Children want everything and parents say, no, we don't have, we cannot afford that. Or uh, we uh, are not terrible rich language. people. Terrible, terrible <laughs> languaging around money, but yes. Exactly, you, but this is a, exactly. I brought this one because this is, I guess it's an international one and everyone, even the most aware people use this. Sometimes even myself knowing the damage that this kind of language has when I'm too stressed or even myself overwhelmed, I go to the supermarket and they come with me and they're asking me things each second or I don't know, I reached to a point we cannot afford that. So uh, it's a typical one, but um, this so, is- So wait, for our audience, when, what do we really want to say? If we're, if we're like I said, I made this judgment. That's terrible <laughs> languaging around money. And, and so, uh, you know, let me just explain to the audience. Terrible languaging around money because it, it communicates to your children that we don't have enough. And that's not really what's happening though. So, uh, uh, so Raquel, what's, what's really happening and what is it that we really want to say to them? What is really happening is showing them that we have to make good choices around the way we are spending our money. We have to have limits. So there are limits in life. Even if we are the richest person, we won't be going into the supermarket and buying everything that's on the shelves. It's just a matter of, of organization and understanding what actually do we need, what actually um, we will indulge in not that we need, but that we want to indulge in. But there are limits to this. And, and we set them. Exactly. And we should be the ones setting them. But ch children need to understand this, that it's not that we are living lacking anything. It's just that we don't need the excess of things. Or, or alternatively, that we have other things we want to do with that money. Or maybe there's a lesson we want to teach them about if you really want that. You know, here are some steps you can take to work towards it. There's all kinds of ways to structure it that isn't about, you know, the problem with saying something from my point of view, the problem with saying something like yes. we can't afford it is it's disempowering to me personally if I say that. It's like saying, yes. yeah, it's, it's like saying there's limits on what I can earn. There's limits on what's available. And the, the truth of the matter is we live in the, the wealthiest, uh, uh, like around the world. Like, even though here in the West, it's really extravagant, you know, around the world, there's more available than there ever has been. Yes. yes. I mean, even it in the true. poorest nations, you know, there is still more available than there ever has been. The problem is not, is there enough? The problem is, how is it being distributed? And that's kind, exactly. of, the, and that's kind of what we're communicating to our children, you know, when we're talking about how we spend our money. It's the problem isn't how much there is, it's how are we going to distribute it? No, we're not going to buy bubblegum today because that's not <laughs> something that's going to be helpful for your future today, you know? Um, and so speaking of that, how, that's one way is we can, we can start to help them have a frame around the relationship that we have with what is, with money, with society. What are some ways that we can really um, uplift our children and encourage them to develop in terms of their skills and their talents and also who they are as people. So there are uh, lots of things and uh, even uh, shortly ago we were speaking about um, um, giving our children 
the possibility of making any kind of activity they like, for instance. Um, and we know as parents that children will end up to uh, come to a point where they want to give up whatever they are starting with. I don't know, a sport, an activity, um, music, learning some kind of uh, playing an instrument or whatever. Here, the thing around this, it can teach them first that they can learn something, what it takes to become good at something, um, <laughs> the, the efforts involved in this, um, more the, the, what can teach them as well is um, how to, to, to compare yourself to others. Like it's not the comparison per se, because it's rather limiting, but that they, there may be others uh, that excel in something and probably we don't because either we don't like it enough or we um, are not uh, engaged enough. So it's, it's like having a, a, um, an, one of these like either sports or uh, playing a musical instrument, it's a good way to have our children try something out, see how it works for them and making them or helping them making their own choices. And we were speaking about cer certain culture cultures or types of people that will not allow the kids to give up on playing the instrument or having that uh, sports activity. For a second, so for our audience, we were having a conversation before the yeah. show started about the difference between East and West and how in Eastern culture, there's a tendency to, once a child picks up an instrument, to really encourage them to stick with it and follow through and become, uh, to develop their skill, regardless of whether they're gonna go to the Philharmonic or not, you know, to, to ju just that there's, there is value simply in the development and there's n very exactly. little room for quitting. You know, whereas in the West, what we tend to do is we say, oh, that doesn't feel so good, try something else. You know, so this is this is what Raquel's speaking to, and what I'm wondering yes. about, you know, what I was wondering, Raquel, is like, given that we're not in the East, you know, how do we, where yes. do we draw that line between they're just not interested, or maybe, or maybe it just isn't a good fit? I, or, no, I'm, I'm sorry, that was what I meant. They're just not interested, or are they just they're, they're undisciplined, right? Like to some sometimes when we pick up an instrument, and I can speak from personal experience. You know, um, it, it's something we want to do, but we're just not disciplined. It, like a, it's a discipline is something we need to learn. So the desire might exactly. be there, but what we're coming up against isn't lack of interest. It's a part of our character that has not yet been developed. How do parents find that space between character development and it's just not a good fit? So I would say that the key there, it's actually the dialogue with children, but Usually, and depending on the culture, there is this thing that the parents are the one who know. So the parents won't be getting into speaking with the child about this activity, how the child feels about the activity, does the child likes the activity, uh, why is the child willing to give up? It's because it wants to try something else is because it's a uh, child doesn't feel that he's doing his best or 
has no interest. So there are lots of things that can explain what's happening. And the, the thing that I, I, as parenting coach, believe that has to be done here, it's having a conversation with the child. Mm. Um, even if we are speaking about a five-year-old that wants to give up of any activity that just started, but understanding what is the feeling of the child around this thing. So why does the child wants to give up that sports activity is because of something that is going on there. I don't know. There are so many things around it. And I can give you here a few examples uh, about this. Like, usually it's because there is something that is provoking some kind of discomfort in the child. I guess the first thing when talking to the child is understanding where this discomfort is coming from. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and understanding where the discomfort is coming from, we as parents can understand if it's just giving up, if it's um, a reasonable uh, thing that happened that is provoking this feeling in the child. What is happening? I would say that the first thing that we should understand and what's happening behind that feeling of willing to give up Makes children and sense. even adults yes even adults we as you were saying we lack discipline when something is turning uh, into a very difficult thing our first will is to give up because we like facility um and children are not different they like the facility of things and if something is turning into a difficult thing they will wish to give up and here i guess understanding the reasoning behind this wish of the child is the first step to the parents to take a decision, whatever it is, if allowing the child to give up or if uh, insisting and see how it goes. And I can give you even a personal example, like for instance, my son did karate for many years. Uh, like exactly this thing because he had this um, personality. We thought it could be good for him to have some discipline, and um, uh, it was. We believed that it was a good idea, and every year it was the same thing. At the beginning of the the scholar year, he didn't want it to go into karate classes, never. Uh, but we were all saying to him just let's try let's let's try until the end of the year let's go just do this grade more and let's see how it goes he was doing the exam at the final of the year the the final the the end of the year he was doing his grade exam he would excel at it and he was super motivated and wanted to go to another year so so this was a, an example and we understood that this was an ongoing thing and we just stopped because of the pandemic but until then every year we were having the same cycle so of course this was taking him out of his comfort zone of course he was doing things that he didn't like but in the end he actually felt it was okay doing it so it wasn't something that was was harming him or nor anything so we kept motivating him in a way for him to keep there to keep him himself there because we believed that this would develop the discipline in him and even um the fact resilience like in sports we may outperform once in a while but we can continue training until we actually perform well in something I love that. And I, you know what I love about that story is 
Um, I love that the goal is not that he was going to become Bruce Lee, who wasn't a karateka, <laughs> by the way. But as we all know, he was really into kung fu and he mixed martial arts. But it, the yeah. goal really is the personal development that comes through the practice. And so, yes. uh, you know, what I love about that story is there's a message there that, you know, our child can pick up guitar or violin or karate or soccer or painting or sculpture, and they don't have to be the greatest. It's more about, are they enjoying it? And how are they developing and growing through the experience? And it's sort of like the antithesis of, you know, I don't know how it is in Ireland, but for a while, and I think they still do this nonsense, uh, kids would go do soccer and everybody would get a participation award, right? And one of the problem with the participation reward is it's very generic. You know, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really acknowledge the individual growth that happened in that, in that practice. You know, even if your child was the worst football in, your, in, in Ireland yeah. or here, soccer player, you know, on the team, he or she developed and grew in some way. And that participation award just squashes the, the acknowledgement of that individual development. It's, yeah. uh, and, and it's really, it, what we're talking about here is individual development. There's something about, for your son, there's something about that karate practice that, <laughs> that is going to contribute to him being more and better and stronger in the rest of his life. And that's the value. Yes, exactly. And this linking to, to the initial conversation of how can we support our kids uh, in personal development, in excelling or uh, teaching them about resilience, about uh, these sort of uh, things that can limit themselves later in life, it's uh, much of understanding, okay, where, what is he or she feeling around this specific thing? Is this contributing in some way for him or her learning about something mm -hmm. that can be useful in life. So sometimes we, we say, uh, or we see kids doing sports and parents like, super, sometimes parents are more competitive than the children themselves. But in the end, it's about teaching, <laughs> teaching kids. Yes, I was kids. one of those parents. <laughs> <laughs> Who never. So <laughs> uh, in the end, it's just teaching about those kids or teaching those kids how to deal either with good results or even bad results. Excellent. And so, I, you know, there's two things I want to throw in here. The first is, if you're a parent who's listening to this, or if you're not a parent who's listening to this, it's not, if you dreamed of playing guitar as a child or practicing a martial art or whatever, it's not too late for you to do that. If you dreamed it, if you yearned for it, you wanted it, there was something in that for you. And you can start that now. You're, yeah, you're not gonna, you're probably not gonna be making movies doing you know, martial arts or guitar, but you will develop and grow through it. Like if you feel a calling to something, don't ignore it and don't say it's too late and don't you can be mad at your parents for not encouraging you as a child but that's not going to help you get where whatever whatever it is that that thing offered and if your child has that same thing you know let them support them encourage them um and also if you're a parent who's listening to this i have no doubt that you probably could use help from someone who really understands parenting like Raquel. So Raquel, how can people find you if they want to reach out to you? So they can easily find me at uh, hello 
uh, at happyparents.ie or through my LinkedIn um, that I will kindly ask you to, to share in, um, in the description or in the details yes. uh, of the podcast. Um, and so we can have a conversation, an open conversation, um, just around any kind of uh, struggle that uh, parents may be feeling. But, uh, but yeah. So if basically, you're listening to this right now, you can just go right to LinkedIn and put Raquel Pinto Happy Parents and she'll pop right up in LinkedIn, but we will share all that in the notes as well. Yeah. And Raquel, the question but, I ask everybody at the end of the show is, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind? The legacy I want to leave behind, I want to help as many parents as possible to have or to turn their parenting experience into a good and pleasant experience, uh, less lonely and supported one. I guess that is the main thing because parenting can be very lonely. Uh, parents tend to close themselves a lot around any issues they are struggling with. They feel uncomfortable or even ashamed of sharing with anyone that they are struggling with something. And sometimes it's a really easy fix. It's just a matter of speaking with the right person and not everything may be serious enough to go into or to speak with a health professional. So the legacy I want to leave behind is actually to be able to help as many families as possible to enjoy uh, their relationship with uh, their relationships with their kids and turning them into into strong and connected ones. Fantastic. I love that. And you know, I'm just going to throw in there, it's not in, unusual even for a parent to have trouble talking to the other parent about it. Uh, and, yes. I mean, I've worked with a lot of couples where the communication breakdown is just not there. Uh, communication is just not there. There's a breakdown in communication. And so it, it might be normal and natural even to talk to someone like Raquel, someone who understands where, what you're experiencing and where, where you want to go with this. Raquel, thank yes. you so much for coming on the podcast. It is Again, such a pleasure to speak with you and to lean into your wisdom and knowledge. Thank you so much for the invitation, Rich.